Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. If you are new to the show, be sure to follow the podcast. This way you'll be notified whenever a new episode is available. Today, we're going to finish up the series on the mind, and we're going to be focusing in on how we can program the UOS, the operating system of your mind. We are going to learn how imagination and creativity is the programming language for everything we want in life. And that creativity is what sets us as humans apart from every other creature in this world with a nervous system. So today, we're thinking big on imagination. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Welcome to the final episode of the Mind Series. I'm so thankful that you're here. Before we get into today, I kind of wanted to just go over a little bit what we did last week and, and how that ties into today's episode. You know, so last week we really dived in and started to, you know, talk about what makes a strong association. You know, everything we do is based, you know, that's the most basic program of the UOS is associations. And how do we make strong associations? You know, how do we build that, build a strong association so we can do the things that we want to do? And we talked about the five main things uh, to building a strong association. You know, we started with, you know, recency, things that are recent. Uh, we went into repetition. You know, so recency and repetition are probably two of the biggest things for building strong uh, associations. And we kind of did that with, you know, soap and soup uh, on that exercise. But that repetition and that recency really makes a big uh, difference. Then we went into the association being multimodal. So the more senses that we can pull into building an association, you know, what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we taste, you know, all of those things go into making a strong association. Then we went into the last two of moments of high intensity, you know, things that are very intense emotionally. We remember those, those make strong associations. And finally, things that are very unusual. Uh, if you make that association very unusual, you will remember it. It will be an association that pops up in our programming when things come up. And again, I talked about Jim Quick's book, Limitless, a fantastic book on how to memorize things. And he talks about exactly that, making things unusual. Then we went into something that I think is very important, and that's your fast OS runs a massive, massive uh, reality simulator that's running literally millions of simulated realities at one time. So while you're consciously thinking of stuff, your simulator in the background is literally going through millions of things to present to you. Which one's the best one? Which one is the strongest association to bring that forward into your UOS? Then we did a quick little talk on it doesn't know what success is. You have to program what success is. It doesn't know. It just knows what is. Is, is, is. It doesn't know what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. You have to tell it what you want. And then we finally went into saying, you know, you have to give it specific patterns to look for. It, again, it doesn't know what is, what's not. You have to do that through your visualizations, through your affirmations, through all these different things, but you have to tell it what patterns to go look for. 
So now we're getting into part five of the series. And in this section, we're going to talk about one of the programming languages for the UOS. Now, even if you're not a techie or you're not part of the Geek Squad, you might have heard of some of these, you know, uh, programming languages for other operating systems, you know, Fortran, C++, Java, you know, and the list literally goes on and on. And those are what's used to create the programs for those systems. And one of the best programming languages for the UOS is something that you all have, you've all done, something you learned as a child, and it's the language of imagination and creativity. This is why imagination is a pillar in the thinking big philosophy. So we think in pictures, and we use these pictures to associate things with other things. You know, remember in part one, you know, we discussed associations are the most basic program for the UOS. If I ask you to think of a house, an image from your FastOS pops into your mind, no problem, it pops in. And chances are very good that it's a picture of your own house. Even if I try to trick you, you will still see the truthful image. You know, when I tell you a fox's tail is not white, what happens? A picture of a fox with a white tail pops in right into your slow S. And I know you're smart, you know, even though I try to trick you. And here's the thing, we also program in images. Our imagination, everything is based on pictures. So creativity is the code. You know, creativity is the, the beating heart, the code of our ability to create the life that we want. And it's the start. If you look around, it is the start of every man-made thing that you've seen created around you. It all started with imagination. And it's right there in the world. Create. Creativity. It's right there. That is the programming language. This is a tool we use to create our lives into what we want them to be. We use our imagination, our creativity. This is the gift that's been given to us as human beings. You know, this is what separates us from a dog or a horse. We all have limbs. We all have heads. You know, we all have brains. As a matter of fact, every organism with a nervous system has our fast OS. It's our ability to imagine and create that sets humans apart. So let's define creativity. In practical terms, creativity is the ability to assemble resources in new ways to more effectively bring out the situation that we wish. In psychological terms, creativity is the ability to quickly generate more and different ideas that lead towards our intentions, it leads to our dreams, our ideas. So let's dig in a little bit to the practical, uh, the practical side. You know, this is where you are solving a problem through a process or through steps. You manipulate things in the world, and that allows you to assimilate sources that you already possess, but in new ways. You know, for instance, like cooking or artwork. That is practical creativity. In psychological creativity, this is where you create many different ideas. You don't move physical things in the world. You move things in your mind. You know, this allows you to see things, identify paths that you couldn't otherwise see. But there's one thing you have to realize, and that is creativity is an investment. And like any investment, you have to have the resources set aside and readily available. When you have a creative idea, you must have the resources right then and there to breathe life into the idea. Every second that goes by, is another second closer to death for the idea that you have. And because most ideas produced during a creative process never get pursued any further, creativity is inherently expensive on you. 
And for this reason, the more abundant our resources are, the more easily we will find creativity is. So what kills our creativity? You know, what things drain our resources and ultimately put the knife into the soul of our ideas and dreams? You know, let's summarize some of those. Distractions, your phone, you know distractions. Our attention and focus fuel our creativity. And if we ignore it, all of the energy needed to generate the ideas will be lost and scattered throughout time and space, just like if you popped a balloon and it squirted and floated away into nothingness. Good ideas come from good conditions, and you need some sort of facilitated environment for your brain to work its magic. Sometimes we can get so busy that conditions become cluttered, which then leads to mental clutter, where nothing gets done, and therefore no new creative thoughts are born. Emotions. Emotions are powerful drivers of creativity because they help us tap into our imagination and thinking in new ways. But if we don't manage our emotions properly, there is no way for them to serve as positive resources, which will shut down our creativity before it even starts. Negative emotions or thoughts can block our ability to focus on any ideas. If you are feeling unhappy at the moment, it will be near impossible for your brain to accept new ideas. Instead of pushing through and forcing yourself, Let's just wait until you're in a better place. Wait until you're in a little bit better mood before continuing with your creativity. When you are exhausted, whether it's physical fatigue, emotional fatigue, intellectual fatigue, these all take away from our ability to be creative. When we're exhausted, our resources are depleted, and there is no way you can come up with creative ideas when that is what is at the forefront of your mind. Your focus goes into survival instead of coming up with something new. We are not giving ourselves any chances for success by not taking care of our health. If our bodies are fatigued, it will take away from the resources we have left, which will affect our ability for creativity. Remember, creativity is an investment, and if our body is fatigued and we think we're out of resources, it starts to move and guard our resources. You know, that means it's not going on this little creative adventure with you. No matter how much your conscious mind, your slow OS, wants to go, your fast OS is not going on the trip with you. This one is a no-brainer. It's negative self-talk. And that shuts down creativity because it starts telling us things like, I'm not good enough or this will never work. And these thoughts force themselves on any positive creative ideas that we might have. Deprivation of any kind, this can be emotional, physical, or even chemical. If we lack sleep or are inebriated, it will kill our creativity. Whenever your body feels deprived, it activates different systems in it. You know, it stops digesting. It stops the immune system. It stops brain focus. It stops your creativity. And this really brings us to the number one thing that will kill your creativity. Threats. When your nervous system detects a threat, it will halt creativity in its tracks. You know, it's fight or flight. And this survival instinct doesn't only happen when you're in the wild fighting for your life. It happens anytime there is a perceived, it can be perceived, perceived threat or stressor, which can be anything from an argument with someone or just worrying about money. You know, all those things are threats. When you are in any of these modes, everything feels like a huge problem. And the idea of coming up with something new seems totally impossible. This is when we need to learn how to manage creativity killers so that it doesn't affect our creativity.
The best way that I've found out to calm my mind and feel better about creating again is meditation. You know, when I meditate for 20 minutes in the morning, you know, before any other commitments or in the evening after work, I immediately start feeling more relaxed and ready to take on anything because my body has been able to reset itself. I'm getting those resources back. You know, these distractions and stressors, which were taking over before, are now gone. All right, so let's move on. We're going to talk about, you know, how to delete unhealthy programs and really reclaim your power of your OS. Now, before we get into this, I'm going to tell you this one thing. Willpower can't resist your fast OS. Willpower can't resist your habits. It's impossible. But it can help erase them. Because your normal conscious, you know, the thing that you think is you, is not really involved once a habit has been programmed into the fast OS, it is nearly impossible for willpower to directly oppose a habit or a program. All that happens is you fail and you begin to associate trying to resist the habit or the program with failing to resist the program or habit. And it becomes even more deeply captured by the habitual behavior, by the habitual program. Direct opposition, as we've learned throughout this entire little series, is almost always a bad way to use your energy. Instead, we need to remove these habits, these programs, source of energy, and move it from the fast OS superhighway, you know, where it's a habit, where we have no conscious effect on it, back into the realm of something that we can make conscious choices about in the slow OS. Even the most powerful habits and addictions begin as associations. I'm going to say that again. Even the most powerful habits and addictions begin as associations. And a simple process can break them. I'm going to introduce two things that you've done since you were a kid. You would love to do them. And normally I don't recommend you do these little programs. But when it comes to breaking a habit or a program, I think it's okay to use these. And these two things are called procrastination and distraction. I know, I don't normally teach this, but procrastination, you know, when you feel the urge to act, delay, you know, the classic count to 10, you know, there's things like, you know, I'll check that again uh, for that text message in, in two minutes, or I will eat that donut after I walk around the block, create delays of at least two minutes, uh, if at all possible, all you're doing is breaking the cycle. You're not doing anything but breaking a simple cycle. When you see that arise, procrastinate, delay. Take a few minutes out. Develop distractions. You know, during that delay, change your focus. You know, change your association. Socialize. Eat or drink, unless that's, of course, the habit you're trying to, trying to break. Wash your hands. Take a walk. Play a game. Watch a video. Engage your senses. Instead of acting out that, you know, that habitual program, give your fast OS new associations, new programs when those needs arise when those desires arise. You know, this isn't, you know, any way to trick or deny yourself. You know, after, you know, you do the delay, you can always go and perform that habit if you still want to. But by just waiting, it will be weaker. You will be setting up new associations. This is how you can break those. It's very simple. It's very simple. When you break that association, you don't even realize the power that it has on you. And this brings us to one of my favorite quotes from Carl Jung. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Until you make your habit programs conscious, until you make your association programs conscious, until you make your trigger programs conscious, until you start living intentionally, 
you would just call it faith and think that's just the way it is and continue running the same programs on the OS that you did today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and listening to this series. If you enjoyed this series on the mind, be sure to visit thinkingbig.info or thinkingbigcoaching.com. I have a free workshop. It's around 90 minutes. We go over this entire thing in a workshop, get the visuals, you get the workbook, you get everything that has to do with this series. So be sure to go up and sign up for it. It's free. Uh, Your return on investment for your time is going to be fantastic. And again, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, remember to always think big.